Hello, and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Obeska, and I am happy to announce that we have just been named to the top 40 social justice podcasts by Feedspot. So, hey, but in other news... Today, I'm speaking with director Carrie Williams and writer K.D. Davila about their film, Emergency, fresh off of Sundance and now on Amazon Prime. I have not seen anything that quite so powerfully decentered whiteness in my life. <laughs> and I love that you went there with this film and that you did it so successfully in a story that you start out thinking is going to be Animal House and it yeah. turns very rapidly into something else. And I love how both of you created that through the script and the direction. And I wondered if you could say a little bit about where the original genesis of the short film came from and then the feature film. Yeah, the short came from a lot of places. So Carrie and I met in 2016. We were in a fellowship together at a film independent called Project Involved, which is a program for artists from underrepresented communities. And so Carrie was on the directing track and I was on the writing track and we had never met before that program. And as part of the program, you're supposed to make a short film. So you're supposed to like get to know each other and each other's sensibilities. And then at, like in the second half of the program, you make a short. And so, you know, it, you know, 2016 was an interesting time. I think we all know. <laughs> We all know. <laughs> um, and I think we, we felt that we wanted to make a story that was going to be about, you know, an issue that faces both of like that both of our communities face that would also hopefully be cathartic for people. Cause I think that was something that we, we wanted not to, we didn't want to teach people about like racism is bad. We wanted to tell a story that was going to be for, you know, people from the Black and Latino communities to watch and see themselves represented and have that cathartic experience. Because, you know, the, the film came from, it's kind of based on a few things that really happened um, in, in real life, obviously not exactly the way they happened in the movie, but, um, but the idea of when you are faced with an emergency situation and if you're white, you might just be like, oh, I'll call 911. And you don't even give it a second thought. But if you're a person of color in America, there's this added layer of, well, how is this going to look? Like, you have to think about how you're being perceived at all times. And so we wanted to tell a story that was about that and the culture of fear that has been constructed around, you know, in communities of color around the police. The absurdity of the situation that we live, we live in a society where you know, where that burden is placed on people where you, you have to think about like, am I more afraid of this emergency or am I more afraid of calling 911? Because it really is absurd that that's yeah. like, that's the situation that we're in. And Carrie, how did you feel about the script when you first read it? When I first read the short script, I was uh, afraid of it in that um, it was a humorous uh, um, look at what was a very serious issue for people of color, but uh, I quickly realized that was the strength of it, and that was what made it special. Was that um, it was a looking at this issue through a different lens, and it wasn't making light of of what they were facing, but the humor was coming from really the way they 
were reacting to each other about how to handle the situation. So um, I felt that it was really greatly, like wonderfully written. It's really great that the writing was. And so once I kind of like clicked my brain into that, like, oh, the special sauce of this script is how it's the, the way in to this commentary. I was all in. And then, you know, beyond that, when Katie wrote the, the feature, um, I was really, really hyped about exploring the friendship between um, the guys more. You know, that was something that we talked about early on was how uh, let's let's explore the complexity and the nuances of this relationship. And um, that excited me a lot. So, yeah, I I, uh, after the short, reading the short and getting past that, like initial, like, oh no, I've never seen this issue approached this way. And realizing that's what made it special. I was all in on every, you know, sort of iteration of what this could be going forward because it was, uh, it was really great. Yeah. One of the choices in the film that I love is the heavy use of POV shots toward the end to really show mm. the trauma of the experience. I think for a lot of people like myself who are white, they may not necessarily know what that experience is when you know you can't look a police officer in the eye and the danger of that. Mm. I just wondered if you could say a little bit about how you arrived at those decisions, either in the script or in the process of storyboarding. Yeah, my my goal there was to put you in Kunle's shoes as much as possible. So... Um, towards the end there, there are these shots where instead of, I didn't want it to be like in the encounter with the police about like that brutality and, and doing like leaning into all of that. It was more about how is Kunle experiencing this in this moment, you know, because this was a journey that he went on from, um, a bit of innocence and sort of, um, not really having his eyes open to, um, how it is in the world to um, having his eyes opened, you know, so showing kind of what he sees in, in some of those traumatic moments, I felt put you in his shoes, you know, like when he's on the ground, you know, um, and you've got the shot of the hospital and it's, it's mm-hmm. POV. It's like that literally could be from his perspective of like the last thing he sees um, and putting you in, in those shoes. I think it, it, it really i think drives more drives you more towards the empathy towards him and, and what he's experiencing and and lets you really fully um realize the the, the impact that this is going to have on him and you know when we get to that end shot when there is that that moment of ptsd that we we yeah. see you've hopefully have gained such a insight into his experience or like a you've been on this journey with him so much more that that really lands for you even more so mm-hmm. yeah and i think one of the things that's very visually clever too is by not showing the police cop, officers, yeah you never see the cops face play. faces really yeah. like it's because it's not about it's not about that it's, it's not about, about the, them as individuals yeah. it's about the 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 specter yeah. of them it's yeah. about the culture of fear yeah it's not about like individuals necessarily it's so i i think that it's funny because that's it's something that was a systematic thing that's something that was like, in the short yeah too like you made that decision visually in the short and that was something that like i think it's cool to see like how a lot of the visual language from the short you know we were able to we talked about it a lot and like it was 
something that we got to play with. Yeah. I actually have a confession to make, which is I am someone that this has actually happened to where I was at a friend's house or apartment Mm -hmm. and we were all asleep and a drunk white woman wandered in. Oh my God. While we were asleep because my friend had not locked the door, not the friend who owned the apartment, who was a person of color, but our white friend who just didn't think to lock the door. And what's interesting to me about this film is that my friend who is a person of color very definitely said, no, we are not calling the cops. Whatever we do, we are not calling the cops. And this film, I know this is very strange to say, but this film explained clearly for me what I did not understand back then in like, (laughs) I don't know, college in 2002 or whatever, when I thought, I understood my friend. Now I know I don't understand anything thanks to 2020. Mm-hmm. Yay. But your film is so beautiful in that you say this is based on a somewhat real situation. Yeah, I don't think it's all that uncommon, really. It's actually happened to several of the people, like people that I know. Wow. So, yeah. I don't know. Especially when you're, if you live near a college campus, Yeah, I think it's more common. So, you know. It's strange, though, how in this world, being white versus being black or brown makes everything so completely different. And the way that you perceive everything around you is so completely different. And I love, like I said, that in this film, you're very, very clearly showing the differences within those communities, but you're also showing how white privilege changes everything. Yeah, I mean, that that is what we kind of set out to tackle but hopefully in a way that is also yeah i mean like fun (laughs) to watch like i mean obviously there are certain parts of the movie without spoiling too much that are more uh harrowing uh but but yeah we wanted this to be a movie that is going to talk about that absurdity with a bit of a bit of levity at times just to make it easier to process I think it when you when you give people permission to laugh about something and to you know treat it with a comedic comedic tone or satirical tone it allows you to take a very scary concept that's very difficult to talk about and make it something that people can discuss. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both so very much for your time and for making this incredibly powerful film all about trauma bonding. <laughs> with the audience as well as each other. Thank you so much for your work. Thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now 
to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. Mm-hmm.